Did y'all know that science has now established the fact that part of our memory is in our heart? Which is interesting. When you learn a thing as a child, didn't you ever say, I know that by heart? I use that expression. I love you. And it's true. There are documented cases now where people have gotten heart transplants and they will have a memory of the donor's life. There are numerous cases now where, where they've gone and the heart transplant recipient has gone and visited with the donor's family and they'd start talking and the transplant recipient would say something that only the donor knew. I don't know what it is about that slide though, up here that says the wisdom of Solomon, but I, I wonder if anybody asked any of his wives about that, <laughs> you know, but, uh, but no, we do, we do count Solomon as a wise person. And in fact, the Bible says there's nobody, there won't, in fact, there won't be anybody any wiser, but he still had his flaws, as do we all. In 1 Kings chapter 2, verse 10, and it goes like this. Then David slept with his ancestors and was buried in the city of David. The time that David reigned over Israel was 40 years. He reigned seven years in Hebron and 33 years in Jerusalem. So Solomon sat on the throne of his father David, and his kingdom was firmly established. Now when we read that like that, and it says his kingdom was firmly established, it sounds like it was, but if you take the time later today or, or this week and read the rest of chapter 2 there, you'll see that his kingdom wasn't so firmly established right away. In fact, uh, the majority of the people of Jerusalem thought that Adoniah should be king, uh, his elder brother, and not Solomon. But the Lord had told David that Solomon should be the king. So the majority of, like I say, the majority of people in Israel thought that Solomon shouldn't be king. And again, as the Bible always does, it, uh, it keeps up with current events. Solomon needed to drain the swamp to establish his kingdom firmly. And uh, many, many times throughout history, in fact, more times than not, those of, those of us who have been raised here in the United States or in a Western democratic republic don't realize that throughout history, most of the time when there's a change of power, it's a mess, and often people are killed. And that's exactly what happened when Solomon took power. He killed Adjaniah and several other people who he knew would be trouble. In fact, his father, David, had told him that uh, you need to get rid of these people or they're gonna cause you problems, and he did. So after all of that was done, he was the king, and that's where we take up in chapter 3, verse 3. Consider the word of the Lord. 
Solomon loved the Lord, walking in the statutes of his father David. Only he sacrificed and offered incense at the high places. The king went to Gibeon to sacrifice there, for that was the principal high place. Solomon used to offer a thousand burnt offerings on that altar. At Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night. And God said, Ask what I should give you. And Solomon said, You have shown great and steadfast love to your servant, my father David, because he walked before you in faithfulness, in righteousness, and in uprightness of heart towards you. And you have kept him from this great and steadfast love. And you have kept for him this great and steadfast love. And have given him a son to sit on his throne today. And now, O Lord my God, you have made your servant king in place of my father David. Although I'm only a little child, I do not know how to go out or come in. And your servant is in the midst of the people whom you have chosen, a great people, so numerous they cannot be numbered or counted. Give your servant, therefore, an understanding mind to govern your people, able to discern between good and evil. For who can govern this, your great people? It pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked this. God said to him, Because you have asked this, and have not asked for yourself long life or riches or for the life of your enemies, but you have asked for yourself understanding to discern what is right. I now do according to your word. Indeed, I give you a wise and discerning mind. No one like you has been before you, and no one like you shall arise after you. I give you also what you have not asked, both riches and honor all your life. No other king shall compare with you. If you will walk in my ways, keeping my statutes and my commandments, as your father David walked, I will lengthen your life. The word of the Lord for the people of the Lord. Please be in prayer with me and for me. Gracious and loving God, God who gives wisdom, God who gives all good gifts, May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our strength and our salvation. Amen. Well, so Solomon, Solomon goes, and he starts out okay. When we first started reading there in verse 3, it said he loved the Lord, and he said he walked in the statutes of his father, of David. But see, as Jesus, as, as Jesus reminds us over there in Mark, there's no one good but God. So it says only, that little, that little word there, only, 
he burned incense at the high places. So Solomon, like each and every one of us, was a saint and a sinner. He had his flaws, as do we all, as did his father David. Which again, there's a, there's that there's, there's a characteristic in human nature. It's kind of interesting, isn't it? When Solomon is talking to God in his dream, he talks about David being upright, righteous, walking in God's statutes, right? He doesn't mention all those other things that, uh, that, David, that David did. You know, he was, I, I think David, well, the Bible shows us, he was, he was prone to be arrogant at times. And, of course, we know that David's whole affair with Solomon's mother was, uh, was a horrible thing. So, uh, so anyway, we all have our good points and we all have our bad points. And even as wise as Solomon was, he still couldn't control his human nature. He didn't completely submit to God's will, to God's will. But it says he went up to Gibeon to the high place there, and uh, wow, you know, every time I read that, it's just a thousand burnt offerings, right? A thousand burnt offerings. There you go. Uh, that'd keep somebody busy for a while, wouldn't it? I, I mean, really, I can't even imagine how long that would take. And then it says that the Lord came to him in a dream. He came to him in a dream and said, ask what I should do for you. Wow. That'd be like finding Aladdin's lamp on the beach, right? You know, you just rub on it and ask for what you want. But there Solomon's got God asking him what he wants. Asking him what he wants. This is, the, this is the part where Solomon's probably the best example to any of us, uh, even, perhaps even more so than the wisdom that he displayed. Look at what he does. He enters into his conversation with the Lord by praising the Lord. And he says, you have shown great and steadfast love for my father great and steadfast love for my father. He's being grateful. He's being thankful. He's doing, as, as uh, Dick read a while ago, out of Ephesians, Solomon at this point is actually doing God's will. He's being thankful. We're all supposed to be grateful and thankful. When it told us there in Ephesians, as it tells us in other places throughout Scripture, that it's always God's will for us to be thankful. There are other things that are God's will, but we never go wrong if we are thankful. And Solomon started out that way. He also showed a great amount of humility, even though he was young. You know, I, we don't know. We don't know exactly how old Solomon was, but we think he was around 20 give or take a little bit. 
And I remember when I was 20, I was very humble, and I'm sure most of you were too, right? So, uh, so anyway, so there, there Solomon is showing great humility. But also, again, let's consider the situation Solomon found himself in, right? He's, he's a young kid, 20-ish or so. He's now the king. His dad set a pretty good standard for him to have to follow as far as being a king goes. When David was having a good day, so to speak, his game was really on. And he was a good king, and he, he was a good leader. There Solomon is in a situation where he's surrounded by people who don't want him to be king. He doesn't really know what he's doing. So I think he was, I think uh, as, as much as humble, I think Solomon was afraid at this particular point. But he demonstrated some of the wisdom that God had already given him. I believe. I think Solomon had been given some wisdom beforehand, just as we are given faith as a gift, and then we are, are given more faith. I believe Solomon was given a, a, a manner of wisdom and then given more after he asked God. And it's interesting, in the NRSV, in the NRSV it says here, he asked God for an understanding mind. Some of you may have a Bible that says he asked God for a listening heart, a listening heart. And again, throughout the Bible, the mind and the heart are synonymous in many, many places. I said this earlier, and I've said it, I've said it before in here. Some of you may remember it. I'm really not senile. I, I really want to repeat this because we, we learn by repetition. Solomon said he would like a listening heart. And, and again, the translation says an understanding mind. Did y'all know, and again, this is, this is a place where the Bible points out its truth the truth that we find throughout Scripture. Did y'all know that science has now established the fact that part of our memory is in our heart? Which is interesting. When you learn a thing as a child, didn't you ever say, I know that by heart? I use that expression. I like it. And it's true. There are documented cases now where people have gotten heart transplants and they will have a memory of the donor's life. There are numerous cases now where, where they've gone and the heart transplant recipient has gone and visited with the donor's family and they'd start talking and the transplant recipient would say something that only the donor knew. So it's not a bad translation necessarily to say a listening heart or an understanding mind. And he said to be able to judge between good and evil, to discern what is right. Wow, that's a powerful, powerful thing. I think most of us many times are blessed with being able to discern what is right 
But there are also many, many times when we really don't know. We really don't know. So what a wonderful, wonderful thing that Solomon asked for. When we read on down, it says, it says what? It said it pleased the Lord. It pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked for this. It said he didn't ask for long life for himself. He didn't ask for riches. He didn't ask for the death of his enemies. He didn't ask for a Mercedes Benz, a color TV, or a night on the town, right? It said, it said he, he asked for the ability to be able to govern God's people. The ability to be able to govern God's people. And this is, the, this is another great lesson that Solomon teaches all of us here. Our prayers should be for things that build up and advance the kingdom of God and help others. Prayer is a powerful thing. And when we pray properly, it's amazing, it's amazing the results we get. And Solomon at that time again was showing wisdom there that he probably didn't know he had at that point by asking for that because he wanted to judge rightly. And the scripture tells us what? It tells us that the Lord said, since you've asked for this, since it pleased the Lord, since you didn't ask for material blessings or long life, if, if you continue in my commandments and my statutes, I'll give you long life. And the Lord gave him the riches and all the other things anyway. But y'all know the story. He didn't make it, did he? He made a lot of wise decisions. He ruled Israel well. Israel was the most powerful nation in that part of the world during Solomon's reign. And it hadn't been up until that point. Uh, he entered into a lot of alliances. He, the, the trade that Israel did at, those, at that time was phenomenal. But as we discussed a minute ago, he had his flaws, like we all do. And he wandered away from keeping God's commands. Had he not... Had he not, you know, as the, as the poet says, of all the words of tongue or pen, the saddest are what might have been. Right? Uh, had Solomon not wandered away, he, he might have been king of Israel for 60 or 70 years. Who knows? Who knows? It's not to say. But clearly, he didn't continue in the ways he was supposed to and get the long life deal. Because let's, let's just say for the sake of argument, I think 20 is a, probably a pretty good idea. He might have been younger than 20 when he got the kingdom, when he took over as king. But let's just say for the sake of argument, he was 25. Uh, he, was, he was older than that. If he reigned for 40 years, then he died when he was 65, being liberal about it. So that wasn't, that wasn't a long life. Even his father had established in the Psalms that God gives us, what, 70 years? That's, uh, 
that's what it says there. So, uh, so again, the other great, great lesson to learn here from Solomon, again, is, is one we all know. Is one we all know, but it, it, it bears repeating often is we can't let the things of the world go to our head. Or as Solomon did, he let, he let power corrupt him, which, is, which we know happens over and over again and has happened over and over again throughout history. And, and what happened? The kingdom, not only did he lose the kingdom, but the kingdom was in utter disarray when he died. And that's when, that's when the kingdom of Israel split. There were only three kings of the United Kingdom. And that, those, of course, were Saul, David, and Solomon. But after Solomon's death, the kingdom split. And that's, that's what makes reading the Old Testament confusing, right? When we start reading about Israel and Judah and trying to keep straight which king is which and what's going on in, in all the different places. So... So there he was, the wisest man the world has ever known, but he couldn't be, he wasn't wise enough to govern himself, to govern his own human nature. And the whole thing fell because of it. Well, the good news for us is we can still apply the good things that Solomon taught us. And I wouldn't pretend to even get up here and say the proper way for us to determine what is good and what is evil. Oh yeah, some things are obvious. Some things are obvious and, uh, and those things we should clearly uh, work against. I mean, it's a... Uh, uh, what Proverbs 9.10 says, what uh, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And then it, but, it, but it defines for us, back in Proverbs chapter 8, it tells us what the fear of the Lord is. The fear of the Lord, it says, is to hate evil. That's the fear of the Lord. So yeah, there are some, there are some things that are clearly evil. And we would, we would recognize them if we saw them. And we know what there are. they are. But there are a lot of things that it's not so easy to discern. And it would be great if we could, could discern all the time. But often it's hard to do. But there is something that each and every, each and every one of us can do to help us reach that goal of discerning evil and, and deciding between what's good and evil and judging rightly, we can all become better listeners. We can all become better listeners. As Solomon said, give me a listening heart. Give me a listening heart. Uh, there's, there's nobody in here. I don't care how good a listener you are. And some of you are very good listeners, but there's nobody in here who couldn't become a better listener. And by being a better listener, you become 
more capable of discerning good and evil. And the best news of all, the best news of all is, even though you don't have a magic lamp and you can't rub on it to get a wish or three wishes, however it might be, we do have the Holy Spirit. Jesus told us in John chapter 14 that after he was gone, he would send the Holy Spirit to help us out. So just as Solomon asked God in that dream for wisdom, when we need wisdom, we have the ability to ask the Holy Spirit. And when we do that, we can face the world with a listening heart. And we can help others to see God's love. Amen.